Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring on guests and we talk about this beautiful city we call Long Beach. And now, here's your host, motivational coach, Paul Fortune. Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and like us on Facebook on It's a Long Beach Thing Facebook group. We have another great show for you today. We have my new friend, Venice Gamble. Venice, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great. Well, we had a uh, conversation through LinkedIn uh, a few weeks ago, and then we got on a Zoom call and we got to talking and talking about Long Beach and uh, different matters. And I I felt your passion and I felt like you had uh, uh, something that you wanted to get off your chest. So I thought, well, I got to bring you on to this podcast. So that's what we're doing today. So thanks for coming on again. No, I appreciate it. I, I look forward to, uh, you know, spreading uh, what little bit of uh, knowledge and wisdom or uh, anything else I have to offer. Great. Well, let's dive in. Let's start here. What is your association with this great city of Long Beach? So I have been born and raised in Long Beach, North Long Beach to be exact. Um, my grandmother, my grandparents raised me. Um, my grandmother was a teacher over at uh, Grant Elementary School, um, where I went to elementary school at uh, in North Long Beach. Uh, and my grandfather uh, actually was uh, the Long Beach Unified Stationary Engineer. Uh, at their food kitchen or their, where they make all the food and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, like I said, born and bred Long Beach. Right on. What, did you go to Jordan then? I did. I went to uh, Hughes Middle School and Jordan High School. Uh, so it, it, that, that that in of itself was uh, an experience, uh, but <laughs> not as bad as everybody thinks. So Jordan isn't, you know, I know it has that bad reputation sometimes, but uh, uh, great teachers there. In fact, uh, one of those teachers is why I followed uh, my, I created my, my two, actually two teachers created my passion for the law and, and kind of what I do for a living today. Yeah. I mean, I've been on the campus uh, of Jordan a couple times. It's been, been a while now. Um, I went to St. Anthony and I was on the baseball team and the first oh. game of each season was against Jordan. So every other year we'd switch, you know, who was the home team and so I went there a few times and went on the campus. And, I, you know, like you said, not knowing much about Jordan, just knowing where, where it's located near the 710-91 freeway. So, right. you know, I don't know what it is today, but back back when I was going to school in the, in the late 90s, obviously wasn't the best of neighborhoods. So I had a pre-existing uh, notion of what the, the campus was going to look like. And when I got on campus... I was pleasantly surprised. It was a beautiful campus. Um, you know, the the track uh, field was great. The football field was great. So um, I had a great experience on that campus. So um, never judge a book by its cover. So Jordan's a great school. I've heard a lot of great things about Jordan uh, through the years. I have some friends that went to Jordan. So um, I got nothing but love for uh, the Jordan High School. Yeah, and, and uh, today uh, Jordan High School looks 
you know, like a college. I mean, it's since I went there, you know, uh, I, I left Jordan in 2002. Uh, Jordan High School's campus has been completely transformed. Uh, you know, many of the co classrooms I was in no longer exist. You know, they're being big, beautiful buildings now. Uh, you know, I mean, Jordan, I would say, looks like what I would expect uh, the newer junior colleges or, or even universities uh, almost uh, to, to look at. So, um, yeah, again, nothing but great things. Um, and, uh, you know, my old... Uh, mock trial teacher um marvin nackless whom passed away a few years ago uh as well as uh my history teacher uh dennis murphy uh got me uh you know introduced into the law and i fell in love with it you know so uh even today um i try to you know coach mock trial teams and kind of you know that kind of stuff try to get back you know so um but yeah yeah so that that's kind of my uh you know history with long beach so you talked about law uh, law and we had a conversation about that so go into it because law wasn't the wasn't the uh last place you ended up at no actually uh yeah so i i, I love the law uh and, and you know i dreamed of being a lawyer like you see on uh, law and order going into court objection your honor and you know all, all that fun stuff that you see uh, on tv so when i got out of high school and I went to college went to law school i guess i was with those dreams in mind uh and i worked for a law firm here and there but it wasn't anything like uh law and order or tv and, and any lawyer that's listening can you know absolutely attest to this it's it's much more boring. Uh, and so I accidentally, and I, I don't remember applying for the job, um, but I did, accidentally fell into, you know, actuaries or asset dispositions, um, you know, very similar to, you know, Richard Gere's character on uh, Pretty Women. You know, uh, uh, so I deal with liquidations, uh, distress companies, um, you know, my mandates both to or, or kind of tri trifold one see if we can save the company in any way possible without strangling it Two, to make the lender or creditor whole if at all possible and three to maximize the value of the assets if the first two kind of fall through then that's through liquidation or auction so and you have some examples here in long beach that you've uh that you've worked with can you go over those absolutely so uh, i think one of the biggest and most well-known companies in Long Beach uh, that you know, most people uh, will relate to is uh, Fresh and Easy. It's a grocery store um, that uh, I led the charge on uh, with a colleague of mine um, where we were engaged uh, when they filed bankruptcy, hence the, the law part. Uh, and um, once uh, they are going through the bankruptcy, they hired our firm to liquidate the assets. Um, we sold about 50% of the tangible or, or hard assets, the tractors, trailers, that kind of stuff, uh, to Albertson Safeway. Uh, and the rest of them were liquidated to other larger companies, including Walgreens and uh, Tapia Brothers and, and other local uh, companies that use dry vans and reefer trailers and, and so on. Um, you know, I, I tell people a lot that you've used our firm, whether or not you realize it or not. Uh, because we've been involved in a lot of transactions that ended up in liquidation, payless. Uh, you know, a colleague of mine 
uh, well, ran the Circuit City sale, uh, you know, Sports Authority, uh, and so on. So, um, and a lot of those companies touch in the Long Beach. Uh, also, uh, uh, I think another, another transaction was when uh, Boeing shut down the C-17 uh, hangar. Now, a lot of those assets weren't able to be sold because the Air Force uh, and, and other uh, security issues. Um, so some of these, you know, multi-million and even billion-dollar assets were crated up and shipped off to somewhere. Um, but uh, the other assets were absolutely uh, liquidated, uh, and which is now what the Mercedes-Benz storage facility. Uh, so uh, that that's it's different. Uh, it's something different every day, uh, but it also gives me a good insight as to how the economy is going. You know, real time, live. Uh, so it's 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 fun. So you mentioned the economy, and you said you can see gauge the economy in real time with your business right now. Where do you see the economy? Uh, so it's it's a there is a stranglehold right now. I mean, it, it, the best way I can describe it is if we were at the peak of a mountain, we have just passed over the peak, and we're going on the way down. Uh, you know there. Bankruptcy filings are up. You know, the PPP and idle money that the government was handing out, uh, you know, and I understand those, you know, even that is a lot of really politically charged to see these days. But, you know, the, the money that was being handed out um, through applications and what have you is gone. Uh, banks are getting more stringent on lending again, um, which translates in my world or my professional world of, uh, companies having little to no option. Um, you know, one of the uh, examples of that was Fosberg Cleaners. Um, I know we spoke about Fosberg Cleaners a bit, where, um, you know, it was a family legacy business um, when, uh, you know, the dad, we'll, we'll say the dad, uh, of the son that ran Fosberg uh, until it closed, passed away. You know, the son, uh, you know, looked for different ways to keep the business going. Um, and of course, this was, you know, add COVID and every other, you know, bad thing uh, possible. And that's what led to the closure of uh, most of the Fosberg. So uh, there is one still around, um, but that's not owned by the Fosberg family. Um, it's owned by a, a party that uh, bought the location and licensed the name. I actually use them. They're on uh, Redondo and Broadway. Right, right, exactly. Um, I mean, they, uh, you know, maintain the, you know, everything about the Fosford family name, you know, their quality and all that good stuff, um, you know, but, you know, to my point, uh, the economy kind of taking a downturn spiral. I mean, we all see the headlines, um, but the, the, the going forward, uh, like I said, I mean, having no money equals you know, the bank wants their, their their money back and that's where we come in. Uh, and, you know, so we monetize the assets uh, as best as possible while trying to make it as painless as possible because, you know, on one hand, you know, our job is to, you know, make the banks whole again or or to maximize the value of the assets. Um, you know, on the other hand, if we are doing the liquidations, you know, we're very well aware that you know if a company is closing that does affect people in, in a real way um so that's why you know if at all possible we look for other ways you know through asset-based loans uh you know the firm i work for now um they do provide 
asset-based loans. I mean, it's for non-bankable companies. Uh, you know, what non-bankable means is you know something. You know, if you don't have a great cash flow, bad credit, horrible financials, but you have equity in your assets, um, that's what we deal with. You know, we'll say, oh, hey, okay, well, you have this machine shop over here, and you you need you know a million dollars, and you have two million dollars of equipment. Um, sure, here you go. We'll write you the check. It's not the cheapest money, but you know, it, it's not meant to be something, you know, to live on. It's something to, to, you know, it's a band-aid, help you get on your feet, but you know, get you turned around and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. There's a lot, lot to look at here. And with, right. I, I think a lot of businesses um, that don't have an actual um, selling an actual product, physical product, um, a lot of people are probably looking at, well, why am I using uh, this commercial rent? Why am I leasing commercial rent when I can just have these employees work from home and I can save that money and they're working just as, as diligently as they did, even maybe even more so because I, I talked to some friends who were working in an office and now working from home uh, due to COVID and they kind of kept the model and they find themselves working more because of a couple things. One is... Uh, you know, a lot of times they would go out for lunch and now they don't. Now they, they have the refrigerator and they're 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 cooking food right right there. And uh, since since their work is always right at their fingertips, um, they're always constantly looking their emails or firing up their their laptop, you know, throughout the day, even past the work hours, just because they want to stay stay above it where they didn't have that before, where they didn't take their computers home. And now they have their computers right there. So they're looking at their emails. So they're working harder. Now I'm sure there's some HR issues that, that they'll need to be worked out because um, if you're an hourly employee, obviously you need to be paid for, for the work that you're doing. So I, I'm sure some of that's frowned upon, but, but even still, a lot of people are pretty efficient from home, maybe even more so from the office where a lot of people thought that that was going to be opposite, but we're finding that people are just as, 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 uh, as good at home as, as a way, because we need to make money, right? We, we, you know, we have to do a good job. If we don't do a good job, whether we're at home or whether we're in the office, if we continue to not doing the job, then there's consequences. So, um, you know, that, that's something to be said. So obviously, you know, businesses are evolving with that new time. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward and, um, with your business, um, model, um, I'm sure you're going to be busy for years and years to years to come. Yeah. yeah. In fact, well, I was speaking to my team this morning, uh, and we were, you know, discussing, you know, forecasts and, and this, you know, our economy is, you know, something that you, you, you and I haven't seen in our lifetimes, you know, uh, my grandparents, you know, may have, but, um, you know, there really is no predictability anymore. You can't sit there and, and say like you did in 2008, 2009, you know, oh, oh, oh my, you know, oh, the sky's falling, you know, like when countrywide and, and B of A and all that stuff happened. Now it's, oh, well, I, are we going in recession? Are we going into a depression? Are, are we not? Inflation? What? I don't know. Uh, because you kind of have a little bit of everything right now. I mean, you have, you know, unemployment numbers, which you know, are weird, um, you know, because of how they count unemployment. Uh, you know, and then you have inflation, which is a very real thing. Uh, you know, I know that my wife and I, we went to Walmart and, uh, you know, 
just time two years ago would have been 200 bucks worth of stuff was 400 bucks worth of stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, then you have, uh, you know, our, our cost of living that, you know, steadily increases, which goes to the uh, inflation. Uh, but then on the flip side, you have, you know, everybody on MSNBC or, or CNN or Fox or whatever media, uh, news media you listen to saying that, you know, the sky's falling um, because it kind of is. But we also are a generation that's never had, there's never been more money than now. You know, most people have never made as much as they make now as ever, you know, uh, but it's not enough. You know, it's one of those things that it, it like, you know, chicken, the egg question, but practically and not making sense. I, I know it, I'm talking in circles and I know it doesn't make sense just because that's kind of how our, our economy is, is. It doesn't make any sense, uh, you know, so um, we're working on deals now that that uh, where there's a candle manufacturer um, who does a lot of business with our local stores. You know, they make the little candles that you put in the uh, you know cupcakes or what have you. And um, while they have plenty of money, so you know on on the balance sheet, um, and uh, the problem is is that the local comp the local businesses in Long Beach are are having problems paying those the their invoices or or the receivables. You know, which is you know kind of a trickle down effect. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of businesses today that are saying, "Hey, look, I, I just need a little bit of help." But you know, you want to be careful when you ask for a little bit of help because if you're talking about interest rates like the kind that I've seen, um, you know, borrow twelve million dollars, ten million dollars, a million dollars at twelve percent interest on a two year amortized loan or a four year amortized loan, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, and that's when, you know, most people, when you're talking to me on a phone, that means that your business is in a lot of trouble. Uh, and there, it may be too little too late. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, getting shot and, you know, in your femoral artery on your leg thinking like, oh, it's just my leg. And then not realizing that you're bleeding out. Mm. So, uh, and that in a nutshell, while crude is kind of our business is uh, hopefully, uh, you, you stop the bleeding. If not. Yeah, they got to cut the leg off or, you know, the whole thing's going to die. Yeah, absolutely. And we can go on and on on this. And I'm oh, very yeah. fascinated about the economics, but I know that there's another topic that you want to discuss today as a concerned parent uh, with the uh, Long Beach uh, School District and the LA Unified School District. So uh, I wanted you to kind of to go into that now, I'm trying to transition over to that yeah absolutely so long beach unified school district knows the name venice gamble me very well um i, I have i have three kids you know let me let me back up a bit i have three kids um all of them have gone through long beach unified uh, my oldest graduated uh he went to labor high school my youngest daughter um goes to longfellow elementary and my oldest daughter who's 15 also goes to lakewood high school and, you know, there, I had, once upon a time, I ran for Congress, uh, you know, I didn't win, uh, but uh, I have, uh, you know, kind of, you know, played with the idea of running for, for, for school board, and by no means it's an announcement. Uh, I, I don't know if I would or would not, but um, my, my point is, is that the reason why I considered that is because I see that there's a huge issue going on in the sense of consequence and support. You know, meaning that as a dad, 
um, you know, I want to make sure that my kids have the best possible education, the best possible opportunities. Uh, and unfortunately, I think that you know, we're kind of missing the mark here. Um, and, and by no means am I, you know, being disparaging towards teachers. Teachers are better. Are, any teacher is a better person than I will ever be. I could not do that job. My hat's off to them. I couldn't do it, um, you know, but I also think that our teachers have the most important job in the world, more important than any police officer or firefighter or even the president of the United States, because their job is to teach and train our tomorrow. You know, I mean, with today's social media, to take a look at any social media page um, on TikTok or what have you, and imagine if that person running for president in 15 years, that was kind of a scary thought. So, you know, I, the, the issues I've been seeing are that there, there is lack of support, um, you know, through lack of communication. Um, you know, there's sometimes you have this, you know, quote unquote, God complex, which, you know, translates to a breakdown in communication between uh, the school, school district, school administration and parent. Uh, you know, with the, uh, the reason why they know me very well, is I've actually gotten into and I've sued the Long Beach Unified School District twice, um, you know, both resulting in settlements um, and both resulting in confidential settlement agreements. But, uh, you know, I mean, anybody can pull the complaint and, and look at what we were, you know, fighting over. You know, the first was, you know, there was not equal access to education during COVID. Uh, you know, the Long Beach Post ran the ran a story where I had sued them because they are asking students to, hey, you must do this. You know, you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get credit or in order to to graduate or in order to do whatever it is that we need you to do. However, we will not provide you with the tools to do X, Y, and Z. You just got to figure it out. Um, my family, we've been blessed, you know, to be fortunate enough to have you know internet or being able to go buy a laptop for the kids if the school Chromebook didn't work or what have you. But what about the students and parents that can't? You know, I mean, not many people, especially post-COVID, especially in the economy, has the ability to say, oh, well, son, daughter, your your Chromebook broke. It's Saturday. Your book report's due on Monday. Oh, let's go spend 500 bucks. No problem. You know, when, unless you're going to go put on a credit card or most people don't have 500 bucks, 300 bucks, 100 bucks to spare, you know, but the school district wants you to continue to, you know, move forward. Oh, well, figure it out or don't graduate, you know. And then the second uh, argument um, that I've gotten into it with Long Beach Unified was the lack of safety. Um, you know, uh, the students at Lakewood or in other high schools continue to protest which I think is a great thing kids are finding their voice, um, you know, especially in light of you know, where the administration, they don't even listen to me as a parent. Um, so, you know, what are they, what are they to do? But you know, the issue is, is, you know, there, there's a big assault issue going on in Long Beach Unified, you know, and uh, you know, Beach, uh, Lakewood uh, as well as, uh, you know, all the other schools have had protests where they were protesting sexual assault. Uh, they were protesting uh, gun violence. They were protesting, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, hot button items you see in the media. But it's a very real thing 
here. And the issue is that um, nobody's nobody's paying attention, not at the school level, not at the administration level, except to say, oh, well, you know, make sure you get your test scores in, you know, make sure you fill out. I get phone calls, robocalls saying fill out this this survey. But I've never actually seen a forum where the school district or the school administration has said, hey, we understand that this issue. Uh, let's try to fix it. Uh, you know, I mean, I got an email from Sam Platt as the principal over at Longfellow. The, there was an issue about tardiness with ch children. Um, so he and his email says there's an issue. So at 8 a.m., the gates are locked. You have to go through one location to get through. Uh, and, you know, so he provided, he identified the problem and identified the solution. Mind you, this is elementary school. And sure enough, there was like an 80% increase in attendance on time. Great thing. At Lakewood High School, uh, I mean, I could send you over a, a video that shows no less than 20 fights for the first two weeks of school uh, where these kids were, you know, brutally harmed. And you see teachers in the background walking by, like they're going shopping at a mall or, you know, or, or not calling anybody. These kids are just, you know, beating each other up. You know, um, my daughter was assaulted uh, at the school. Uh, and mind-blowingly, I get a phone call from the administration suspending my daughter indefinitely for being, a, being the victim. Now, again, we've, we've litigated that issue and, and what have you, but they still haven't fixed the problem. They haven't said, okay, we've identified this problem. It's fixed. The problem is, is that they're not identifying the problem and they're not fixing the problem. And, and that it's, I'm very passionate when it comes to this because our, again, our kids are our future. Our kids deserve better than, they deserve better. They deserve more. Uh, and how do you expect anybody to be able to, to be successful in a school environment where they're scared? Uh, I mean, it's not fair, you know, at all. I, I would, I would absolutely welcome, you know, the Long Beach Unified School District, uh, the administration, uh, to, and they have my, they have my contact info. Um, but I'd welcome them to say, hey, let's coordinate, let's collaborate, and let's set up a parent forum, an actual forum, where we identify, you know, parents and we identify administrators at each school. Uh, where we start making out the list and not just identifying the problems, but identifying and implementing the solutions, not just, oh, well, we're working on it if they actually accept it as a problem. You know, I mean, it, it, it's very frustrating as a parent. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and I'm also cognizant of the fact that there are certain things that are beyond their control, social media, uh, in other outside influences, but there there has to be a solution to you know multiple assaults to uh, you know teachers cussing kids out, students cussing teachers out. Uh, I mean, there got there has to be you know there has to be a solution, but nobody's talking about the solution. They're just talking about well, we don't want to talk about it. So that's kind of what they're saying is well, we don't want to talk about it. So. It's. Uh, I, I welcome you know anybody that had solutions. Let's, let's you know roll our sleeves up and you know let's let's get to business.
Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So I want to start here where you're talking about Lakewood and you saying in the first two weeks of school, there's 20 some odd fights, pretty much a, 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 two fights a day, sounds like. Basically. And you have teachers uh, basically walking by. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think a teacher would walk by in that situation? And just, just being in the teacher's shoes in that situation, why do you think they're walking by without doing anything? So, uh, I mean, the I asked the question. Um, the explanation I was given, and I don't necessarily disagree to a point, is it's dangerous. You have these kids who are 16, 17, 18 years old, um, and, you know, when they're swinging, they're swinging with all the force they have. Uh, so nobody wants to get their teeth knocked out. Uh, you know, if I'm a teacher, I'm not, I, I don't want to get in front of a, pit, uh, a person with a, you know, a fist. Um, so I would suspect that it's personal safety um, and, you know, self-preservation. And I get that. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I think police officers are better people. Firefighters are better people than I am. Well, I'm not running towards a bullet or a fire. Um, but when you sign up as a teacher, you kind of, you know, just like a police officer or a firefighter, you know, you kind of sign up for certain, you know, risks, implied risks. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying jump in front of a fist, but call somebody. You know, I mean, if we need to have law enforcement on our high school campuses, uh, then we should. We need to, ha you know, institute the school resource office officer program like LAUSD has then we should. Long Beach has a school safety division, which are basically armed security, but we all know that obviously they're under they're undertrained based on what happened at Milliken High School, what, two years ago now? Mm -hmm. Nowhere, you know, I mean, you have a guy shooting at a car because he's pissed off that they didn't stop. Um, you know, so if, if it's a, if it's a, a a question of a more training well then there's a solution Let, let's train them more if it's a situation where we need to have more authoritative presence you know through law enforcement well let's partner with law enforcement agencies and let's figure it out you know i mean i'm not a proponent for jail by any means but if you have a kid who's going to give somebody a concussion or or you know hurt them that's why jails were invented was to house people who break the law so uh, i mean again uh I i'm open to solutions uh but to answer your question directly um my uh i think it's self-preservation um you know the answer i received was that they're instructed not to get involved well you have the eyes and ears of the campus because you have kids that go to Lakewood mm. High School. And let's just talk about Lakewood High School for, for, for a minute because that's that's mm. where you've been looking at. Right. And you see the situation. And if you were the principal or you were uh, in charge of the school board, what things would you uh, implement to help with that safety? Because that's, that's, that's a dangerous thing because not only is it dangerous for the two people, the two kids fighting, but it's dangerous for the other kids walking by because you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, somebody could have a weapon and some kid walk by and they get hit with that and they get seriously hurt. So there's a lot of replications of people, just kids, just innocent bystanders in the area. And you know, as well as I do, uh, because I mean, when I went to St. Anthony, there was fights. I don't think it was as many as that was, but when somebody says fight, 
I mean, the whole squad comes looking for this fight because they, you know, they're kids. They want to see the action, right? So Absolutely. they're in the mix of it. So in that situation, what common sense things can we implement in, in you know, uh, to prevent some of that stuff? Because I'm sure there's some common sense things that we can implement right away to, to help that situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I've actually, you know, suggested, you know, uh, that one training education, um, you know, staff members, they have to know, you know, de-escalation tactics, just as we demand for our law enforcement to know, um, you know, I mean, if there are fights, you know, and there, I mean, there's more cameras on a school campus these days than, you know, in, in most grocery stores. Uh, I mean, you can identify the assailant. You can, you know, you, you, when you, and, and understand that there are also, spikes are never just sporadic, excuse me, out on high school campuses. They're they're planned. You know, there there's a trail that leads up to a fight. You know, where, you know, we, we I, I've reached out to the administration and said, hey, you know, this, uh, this this person just sent a message to my daughter saying that they want to, you know, fight her or they want to beat her up or, or what have you. Um, I think that, one number one, training and education. Number two, uh, clear and open communication. Uh, you know, there have been parents that have reached out to me. Students have reached out to me via social media saying, hey, how did you get in contact with the principal? Because I can't get her to call me back. Or, hey, how did you get in contact with whomever? Because I can't get them to call me back. Um, and again, the only reason why I believe that they call me back now is because I have gone to the extent of, you know, through the expense and, you know, the, the, the process of filing suit uh, and you know, costing them money and legal fees and what have you. You know, uh, but, you know, common sense stuff, communication, 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 you know. Um, I think that if they, the district and Lakewood administration or, or Milliken or any other school's administration um, were ever to just be an open door policy saying, hey, you know, we understand there's these issues. Let's talk about it. Let's see what other, you know, solutions we can come up with. You know, I'm not the be all and end all of solutions. Uh, in fact, I, I don't have many at all. Um, I, I'm the smartest guy. You know, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not the smartest guy in the room uh, when it comes to school administration. Uh, and uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to do because I'm not a teacher or administrator. Um, but they've also never said, hey, here's what we can do. You know, hey, you know, I mean, I've reached out to them, you know, asking for certain solutions. Um, so I think that in the absence of, you know, two people speaking and not being able to call it anything, let's add other people, let's add other parents, let's add other teachers, let's, you know, uh, I mean, I've been on the school, uh, school site council uh, at Hughes when my son was over at Hughes, and we used to discuss a lot of different topics, you know, as a parent with teachers and administrators. Uh, and we got a lot of stuff done in an hour in the morning. I mean, why don't we just do that monthly? You know, hey, parents, you know, the administration and leadership of the district is going to be at this high school every Monday and this high school every Tuesday and this high school every th Wednesday and so on, um, you know, once a month, uh, you know, for an hour or two or whatever it is uh, so that we can get things done. The city council does it. You know, the board of supervisors does it. Uh, why, why wouldn't we? 
I mean, and I'm not just talking about a school school board meeting. I'm talking about school site meetings. The school board can only implement certain policies, but school boards, school board members, they don't govern over each individual site when it comes to discipline, when it comes to order, and it comes to safety. Um, you know, we need those. We need boots on the ground. And how many of these fights do you think are gang related, as opposed to not? Oh. At least 50%. I mean, gangs in this city uh, and this county, uh, I mean, it's gotten crazy. I, I know a couple of Long Beach police officers, um, uh, two of them are sergeants, and you know, they are great, great, great people. Uh, and talking to them, my daughter wants, my youngest daughter wants to be a police officer. And, you know, talking to them, they're frustrated because there really is no... And this goes back to the the no consequence thing I was talking about earlier is when they do show up and they do arrest somebody, um, I mean it's a fifty fifty chance they'll you know get charged or or you know the district attorney's office will pick up the uh, pick up the case. Uh, you know, I mean there really is no consequence uh, when it comes to that as, as well. Uh, you know, so. Uh, I mean, I know it sounds like I'm I'm, I'm ragging on the Rumley Unified School District and their administration, and to an extent, I am. You know, I'm definitely frustrated with them, but I also understand that you know there are other political leaders um, within our city, our county, our state that you know they they were kind of missing something as well. Um, I remember reading a story where a, a student was stabbed by another student, and uh, the assailant. Um, out of not even a slap on the wrist it was more like a uh you know we don't stab people now which is crazy you know i mean if my daughter or son or any of my kids were, were harmed in any way i mean that person shouldn't just be like uh, uh no i mean we need to have real consequences when i was a kid there were real consequences you know i mean where 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 does it end now i mean we're almost at an anarchy where it's you know these kids are not afraid of anything you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to do anything. Uh, I mean, because nothing happens. A and that also is frustrating. So, you know, to Long Beach Unified School District credit, had they, you know, brought in school safety or, or other school resource police officers or what have you, at what point will they be able to, will they be able to make a difference or make an impact? You know, so, I mean, the issue is definitely larger than our, you know, great but little town, our city. But at the same time, um, if it encompasses our entire city, we should all be concerned. You know, I mean, during COVID, I, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, the kids would go up to the mall and ransack the stores. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I mean, what happened then? I mean, nothing. Now you have these same issues at these school sites. Um, what happens then? Nothing. So, yeah, I mean, we need some solutions. Just uh, need somebody to step up and, you know, start making decisions. Yeah, and to your point, uh, with no consequences and kids, kids as whole, especially teenagers, their their version of right and wrong is very blurred. They're not mature enough to make correct decisions. So on. So you have that already. Right. That even if right. you have consequences, there's going to be kids that are going to step over the line because they're not their brains aren't fully developed yet. So they, they don't understand what's going on, really, the consequences. 
So on top of that, where their the consequences is very low to, to nothing at all. On top of that, they're like, well, then then like it's a, it's a free for all. So I can understand your your frustration there. And um, I remember growing up in the the late '90s where there was a big gang uh, gang issue, and in the 2000s, I remember it being cleaned out quite a bit. And now, unfortunately, it's going back to where it was. In the in the 90s, hopefully not as bad as that, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not in it. You know, I'm not a kid in this time frame, so I, I can't compare it. But I know it was pretty bad in the 90s when going to school and such. So that's kind of sad for me to hear that it's kind of going back there because I remember the Renaissance, especially in the downtown area. Um, you know, in the in the 2000s, the 2010 area, how 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 cleaned up it, it got and how how they just transform the downtown area into a, a place to, to go, you know, for, for adults and stuff. And it still is to, to this day, it's still that way, but you can see, you know, an, an, an element changing in this, in the city. And it, it could go mm-hmm. right back to what you're talking about with not just kids, but with adults, with a uh, lack of consequences for, for your, your actions. So that's, mm-hmm. that, that, that's a bad thing. But I also wanted to talk to you about, about the first thing you were talking about, which would be near and dear to my heart would be is these kids breaking their, their, their uh, Chromebook or whatever, and not being able to do the schoolwork. And I, and I, I, that just hurts my heart. I, I, I don't feel like, especially, you know, and I'm just picturing a kid who just wants to do this work, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, now, and now that person can't and not, not a fault to the parents that they can't afford, you know, five, you talked about 500. And that's probably on the low end on these, on these right. MacBooks, you know, that 500 probably is a used one. I mean, a new one is, you know, close to a thousand dollars. So in, right. you know, parents have multiple kids. They, they can't, a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck. So they don't have, like you said, they don't have the money to pay for $500 or a thousand dollars for a Chromebook. And this poor kid now can't do his homework and is going to get a failing grade because of something that's outside their control, which is just, right. that's just, that just kills my heart. Um, so there's gotta be a, a solution for that. What, what kind of solutions can we, can we make for something of that nature? Right. So when I was on the school site council at Hughes, um, there was discretionary funds that were within the budget and within this budget, um, we bought a cartload that's actually what they call them, cartloads of Chromebooks and, and, and you know, iPads and MacBooks and what have you. you know, and, and that's for a middle school. Um, now, of course, the population of a high school and, and middle school are, are about a 50% difference but, or, or more. But at the end of the day, um, you know, while they tried to give out Chromebooks at the, uh, at the beginning of, of, of COVID and, and we went virtual and what have you. Uh, I mean, I think it comes down to a little bit of money, but, you know, uh, also a little bit of management, you know, resource management, um, while also, you know, finding out, you know, what other ways kids learn. Uh, my son, for example, he's 19 um, and he has the dyslexia. Uh, and if it wasn't for you know his teacher Miss Weisson, who still is a teacher at Lakewood High School, um, I, I don't know if he would have graduated because she took the time to say, "Hey, this kid has something going on with him. 
Um, we didn't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not uh, an education specialist or an educator at all. Um, and she, she's like, hey, have you guys ever tested him for, for you know, dyslexia, ADHD, and so on? Um, so, you know, and again, we were fortunate enough to be able to take him to the Drake Institute and identify, you know, certain uh, you know, conditions that he has that will, you know, that we can address to help his education along. But again, we had resources that a lot of parents don't. Uh, and as a parent, I didn't know that the Drake Institute existed, first of all. Um, second of all, I didn't know you know, that there was even an issue going on. I'm thinking my son's just, you know, being lazy and, and you know, wanting to play his video games and, and, and what have you. When that wasn't the issue, the issue was um, that nobody had taken the time to slow down and say, hey, what's going on with you? And, you know, I think that that's the, one of the biggest issues, you know, getting back to, you know, how kids want to do their work. Kids... Every student, when at least from my experience, even myself, you know, when you first start the first day of school, it's just like the first day of work. You can conquer the world. You're, you know, you're going to take the bull by the horns. This school year is going to be your punk, and 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 I'm going to do it. And then something happens, and then something else happens, and kids are not known, at least mine weren't, um, to say, "Hey, excuse me, I, I need help." Because if you do, all the other kids are like, ah, you're I'm making fun of you because you said you need help and not. Uh, so, you know, there, you have a lot of the insecurity issues. You have a lot of these other things. And mind you, I'm just a parent that has learned this by trial and error. The frustration is that, you know, if you, you have these educators, many of them who've been in these roles for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they know this. They identify this. It's like you calling a police officer or a homicide detective saying, hey, there's a dead body here. They know something happened for that person to be dead. Well, these teachers, educators, uh, administrators know that there has to be something for this kid to have a failing grade or, or having these struggles if they're not showing up to, to school, if they're on campus, but not getting to class, you know, uh, and, and I think that resource management is, is a huge thing. You know, uh, again, I go back to, uh, you know, having the forums of saying, you know, hey, what parents, we, you know, your kids, what's going on? How can we help? I've not ever, even with the lawsuits, ever been asked by anyone in Long Beach Unified except Miss Weissong, hey, how can I help? And, and I think that those, that one question, if asked once by anyone in the school district, I think you're going to have a huge, huge, uh, you know, support and response from parents and students. You know, I mean, even if you have to create some type of, you know, anim anonymity uh, process where, you know, write down your questions and, you know, don't put your name, but put it in a box and, you know, figure out what topics are the most common and, and address those. You know, uh, there are, I mean, as in life, there are different educational tiers or, or, or you know, social economical differences between each household, you know, and the school district knows better than I uh, that, you know, there are these differences. And, and if they know that there's these differences, 
how do you, you know, even the playing field so that all of our kids can be successful, not just the ones that can go buy the, 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 the Chromebook or, um, you know, the ones that are, are, you know, they have nothing else to do. So they're just doing work while other kids are, you know, trying to focus on the other things. Um, you know, I, I think that, again, resource management, if someone came to me and told me, like, my, my oldest daughter right now, she's struggling in school. And, uh, you know, she, but she's struggling with, uh, you know, the chief girl and, and she's all these hormones and she has all these other things. And uh, I mean, she's told us she has some, you know, mental health things going on. And, and, you know, instead of getting support, like, I, again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not an educator. I, I'm a, I'm a fish out of water. Um, but, you know, I don't have anybody to call. I don't have anybody to ask, Hey, you see my daughter's failing this grade, this grade, this grade, or this class, this class, or this class. How do I help? Instead, I just get a robocall saying, your daughter is receiving a D or an F. But that's it. Well, the thing that is running through my head with with the school district um, is the lack of compassion. I feel like they're treating kids at, at, as numbers and statistics as opposed mm -hmm. to uh, human beings. If we can get back to that, I think that would be a tremendous help. And also... Um, not in this conversation, so to speak, but just in my just in my travels, I feel like the teacher themselves has been devalued, and I think that's oh, you, you said that you said that earlier on that you said their their job's more important than the president of the United States, and and I can mm -hmm. you can make some points to say that that's correct, just because they're molding the the future of this of this mm -hmm. country and the, and and this world. Um, and that's that's a huge thing. You look at you know, and you look at police officers as well, teachers as well. Mm -hmm. You're looking at a lack of kids wanting to become those two professions. When I was a kid growing up, I remember quite vividly there was numerous kids that said both. They wanted to be a police officer and they wanted to be a teacher. And I feel like they don't. I feel like that's not the way anymore. And I know, I know right. you have some you have something to add up to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the, the lack of sense of duty is mind blowing in, in this generation. Um, my wife will tell you time and time again, especially with my son, who's 19, you know, uh, he's 19 years old. And, and what do you want to do with your life? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Well, I don't know. I'm only 19. How do you expect me to know what I want to do? And, and as a dad, I'm, I'm like, well, I get frustrated first. Because it's like, wait, what do you mean? You're 19. You should know what you want to do. I was 19. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a, a police officer. Whatever. Uh, there is no sense of duty. Uh, and that sucks. You know, I mean, when I was in school, they had different, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, not, not, not pathways. Um, you know, magnets. They had different magnet programs. Um, and Long Beach Unified had, uh, or uh, Jordan had this law magnet, um, where I fell in love with the law. And, and most people don't realize it under the bleachers at Jordan High School, there is actually a little courthouse that's actually constructed as a judge's bench, as a witness box, as a juror's box. It's actually really cool. Um, and, you know, but I, I'm almost positive it's never used, you know, I mean, because and now these kids aren't exposed to 
anything that that could be you know you know people don't i mean there is no exposure to these professions anymore you know i mean up in LAUSD they have the explorer program in certain schools that provides that these kids join you know like uh, almost like a junior police officer and long beach you know long, long beach police has the explorer program i was in uh and, and you know i was an rotc and what have you and but again that that's kind of like my generation um you know my son's friends my daughter's friends i'll say oh hey you guys ever want to be a police officer you know there's you know torrance pd or long beach pd they're offering these incentives you guys said you know really really you know bone up and prepare to go that direction oh no 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 no, no. that's that's not me no 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 cops are bad and and, and you know and don't get me wrong the media ha you know has a place and, and the media should, certainly should highlight the injustices. You know, uh, there's not one police officer I've spoken to that supported what the poor officers did to George Floyd. You know, in fact, every one of the police officers were beyond irate that they made them look bad. But unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like the one bad apple spoils the bunch rule, um, which isn't shouldn't be the rule. But that's kind of where these kids are. Oh, police are bad because they're racist, but there are police officers of every race on every police department. Oh, well, police officers are bad because fill in the blank. And that's not fair. Uh, you know, it's police officers are bad until you need them. And in which case then, then they're good. Right. Which is not right. Um, you know, th there is a tremendous lack of duty, sense of duty in, in, in this generation. And my kids are certainly not immune to it. Um, it is frustrating as a parent. Um, you know, and I know this isn't a, a by all end all rule, um, but and I could not for the life of you tell you how do we fix this? I mean, I read a press release that uh, the Long Beach police chief uh, issued saying that they're down about 100 officers. That's kind of scary. You know, I mean, for a city that's 10, 10 miles by 10 miles and you're you have 100 openings for police officers. And, you know, they're not qualified applicants or, or you know, there are no applicants. Well, what happens when the current officers age out or, or you know, they retire or, you know, anything else? I mean, uh, well, definitely, we definitely, as a society, media included, everybody needs to get together on this. And we need to change the narrative. Like mm -hmm. you said, yeah, there is bad police officers. There is bad teachers. But I bet mm -hmm. you if you looked at it as a whole... That percentage is very, 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 very small. So we need yeah, to look at one percent of one percent. Yeah, exactly. So we need to change that narrative. And yeah, I, I agree with you. We we need to show the injustices that there's still injustices that are going to go on, and unfortunately, there's going to be injustices forever. And and we need the media to to point that out. I totally agree with that. But on the same token, we also need to promote the you know the majority that are doing their job the correct way and they need to be highlighted for that and they need to be respected for that um so that we bring a little bit more interest in those fields because we do need good police officers we do need good teachers that that those are two professions that we cannot lose those are part of the fabric of our society so we need to have uh kids excited to go into to those fields now i i i need i will differ with you a little bit on what you talked about with kids, you know, 15, 18, 19, to know what they want to do. And I, and, and I work with kids, uh, you, you know, that are 14, 15 years old. And, 
I, I think that, that that's a little unfair for them to know what they want to do. I do think they're young at 19. And I feel like, uh, you know, with this, everybody needs to go to college type of attitude right away. No, no, no. If, 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 a, if a child, a teenager, because I still think they're kids at that age, if they don't need, know what they want to do, that is okay. Go travel, get, get a job, get some life experiences. And you know what? When they get those things, they'll go, maybe some of them will go, you know what? I actually like teaching or I, I like law enforcement. Let me go back to school for that. Uh, but to, to force kids that are 18 or 19 years old that don't have no idea what they want to do. And, and, you know, and in society, that's, that's been going on years and years. I, I felt that pressure too, as a kid going, Oh crap, I don't know what I want to do. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is, this is bad. I'm behind the eight ball. And, and I think that sometimes we need to just step back a second and go, okay, it's cool. It's cool. You know what? College right now may not be for you. Maybe it will be in the future. Maybe, maybe not. Who cares? You know, find your path. And and another thing that I, I feel that that we're missing the boat on is uh, trade schools. I feel like sometimes we're yes. putting down trades, and that absolutely not trades is a is a wonderful for profession. I know many people in the trades, and they're happy, happy people. They come to work every day, and they love what they do. And and I got news for you. A lot of them are millionaires. They make a mm -hmm. lot of money. It might not be glamorous. But they make good money and they're happy of what they do. A lot of them have good families. So uh, if, if kids want to get, get in the trades, want to be plumbers, want to be in this, that, let's do it. Get them into it because those are beautiful right. professions and there's a lot of great people in those professions. Right. No, you're, 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 my, my wife would absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, we've had more than enough uh, uh, discussions heated and otherwise uh, uh me telling my son no you need no you need you need to figure out what you want to do you're, you're, you're wasting your life uh but you know when you know of course you always hear things more when other people except you know your most trusted and close confident uh you know said it you know i mean and, and it happens um but my wife would 100 agree with you um and and she told me the exact same thing uh that you've told me um where you know you know, Venice, let him be, you know, he's just 19. Um, and, you know, I also have to take a step back, too, because, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I had a different mindset than most, you know. Um, you know, I went to high school in a suit, you know, uh, versus, you know, regular clothes. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, own a limo service, which I ultimately ended up buying at some point, you know, later on in my life and, and you know, a few years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I had a different mindset. I was basically born full grown, you know, with a briefcase, you know. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I I but I I do agree with you. Um, trades are a a almost a a, a lost gift. Um, you know, I mean, I get that ITT Tech kind of put a bad you know put a bad tape in all of our mouths when when that whole thing. You know, you're charging somebody a hundred grand to learn how. To, you know, be a stenographer or a hundred grand to learn how to change a tire kind of thing. Um, you know, our Corinthian college also, um, a liquidation I was involved in. Uh, but, um, you know, today, uh, I think that trades are very important. I know electricians, I know plumbers, uh, I know, I know a bunch of guys in the union that, that, you know, um, my father, um, was a sheet metal worker for years. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think that if we had more accessibility for our kids, uh, I mean, nowhere, you know, did, at least at Lakewood, um, in my experiences with my kids, my kids, that did they know anything about a trade? Career day is not a thing anymore. Um, you know, people don't show up at booths saying, hey, you know, let me show you this. Let me show you that. Um, you know, uh, even military recruiters are, are kind of, you know, shying away from uh, high school campuses. I, I think that joining the, joining the service is an admirable thing. Um, you know, I come from a Navy family, an Army family. Uh, and, uh, you know, those, you know, that only made them stronger, better people. I, uh, there's a, a good friend of mine. She was a Marine. Uh, and, you know, and another friend from high school is in the Navy with her husband. Um, again, they, that you know, they, they were going back to the trade thing because the service, you know, taught them their trades and whatever they do on the service. Um, but now, you know, a lot of kids also are, you know, no sense of duty, no, no, no lack of duty or what have you. Um, but they're not going to the service. Um, they are, you know, I think every, every kid wants to become YouTube famous, you know, by playing a video game and having, having their phone, you know, record them while they play a video game. Um, you know, it's a different world. Um, and, and everybody wants to get quick, you know, rich quick. Uh, and it's frustrating. You know, I've told my kids many, many times that, you know, don't don't focus your efforts on video games, you know, focus your efforts on, you know, something that will be more disciplined, uh, you know, in, in you know, in life. Um, my son worked at UPS for a while and he liked it. Um, and he said, you know, he prefers more uh, manual jobs, you know, and, and that's what he likes to do. Uh, so, you know, he's, uh, you know, applying for you know, various jobs at airports and, and what have you. But to your point with, with trades, I wish that there would be, you know, someone, some organization uh, or the Long Beach Unified School District, you know, to kind of partner and, and say, hey, uh, you know, here's auto body shop again. Here is, you know, things that when we were in school existed and, and now they're, they're not, you know, I mean, which is crazy. You know, I mean, Course subjects are important. You're always going to need to know how to write, read, math. I get that. But there are certain kids that aren't going to go to college. In fact, I know a lot of people who are a lot more successful who than the people who did go to college, who didn't, then didn't. Uh, and, you know, college isn't for everybody. My wife didn't go to college, uh, and, and she is the best at what she does in HOA management. Um, it's a thing. Uh, and, um, you know, there, you know, my, my son is definitely not a, you know, a kid that should go to college, you know, school is not his thing, but if you have him go to a trade school, actually learn the trade, he'd be all over that. You know, uh, the, the problem is, is that again, where, where do you go? You know, I mean, I don't know where to go. And, and I think, I think that's the college issue. on the PCC campus. I don't know if it's still going on, but they used to have a huge uh, program for the right. trades. Right. Let's well, see right there, though. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know if it's still going. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I, I think, you know, um, uh, I don't know if you know Udawak Joe, but he uh, sits on the, uh, high school with him. Yeah. So, yeah. So Udawak Joe, he sits on the uh, LBCC uh, board uh, or and. I definitely would. Uh, I'd love to 
you know, chat with him and say, Hey, how do we, uh, how, how do we get the word out again? You know, LBCC is, is a great staple of Long Beach. We have two campuses, um, you know, uh, more than, you know, more than, you know, hundreds of names that have come out of that school, you know, have gone to, on to be, you know, great, magnificent, highly successful, you know, people, uh, you know, that have some type of fame behind them. Uh, and why, why don't we, why don't we, you know, capitalize on what we have? We're, we're a city that has these two campuses and online stuff, you know, thank you know, the silver lining of COVID, if any, um, where we have these two schools in Long Beach that, that we can say, hey, you know, here's a trade here, here. Here's what we can do. Let's make, let's turn you into, you know, a positive, productive person. You know, I mean. I can go on for hours about, you know, the whole recidivism thing in jail and, and, and what have you, uh, and, and the lack of opportunity and the lack of uh, knowledge and the lack of training and the lack of education. Uh, but if we are able to get the word out that, hey, here are these opportunities for you to make money, I think that it would fix a lot of it, uh, the generational issues that are, are going on today. Well said. I mean, we, we went deep on this subject, and I, I know we could go on and on and on <laughs> about this. So let's end on a little bit of a lighter note. What are the yeah. great places to eat in Long Beach? So my absolute favorite place to eat uh, is the Park Pantry on Broadway and Cary, I think it is. I think so, uh, yeah. You know, uh, the place has the hottest pancakes, you know, right, like, right off the griddle. Uh, and they have these, these potatoes that, that I, are, are rivaled by no one because they're just that great. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and there's, uh, um, of course, uh, I, I love steak as well. Uh, Queensview Steakhouse, you know, while pricey, you can't beat the view and they have live jazz music. Um, uh, and then, where's that at? Uh, it's on the third story uh or the third floor of parker's lighthouse so it's parker's oh, lighthouse okay. but it's a steakhouse on top i did um, not know that i thought it was all yeah. connected to parker's lighthouse oh, i learned something new yeah right yeah so it, uh, it's pretty it's like five 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 but with a view um and, and then um uh, a buddy of mine you know he one of the uh, investors in pacific six who owns the breakers building where the sky room used to be so i believe this year if not already the skyrim should open back up soon uh, and that was like the coolest restaurant ever with uh you know the great gatsby kind of theme and and that kind of stuff and had live music i had my 30th birthday there you know a few few years ago uh and uh definitely was by far uh, one of the most memorable uh dinners i've ever had I love that uh, building because they, they have to actually shut the elevator door. They actually still have a right. operator, which you right. talk about the Great Gatsby. I mean, you talk about th that period of the 20s. That's absolutely right. Babe Ruth, when he was in town, he would come there. So, yeah, that right. that period, uh, that that building is beautiful. Right. Yeah. Uh, I only think I think I miss uh, as much as uh, the Skyroom, at least that's going back, was – uh, Sergeant Peppers and the dueling pianos. Uh, oh, I love that. It's too. not there anymore. Um, there's, but, an Irish, yeah. there's an Irish bar right down there that that's like right by there. What is um? What's the name of that bar on Pine? Um, is it not the uh, Irisher? Um, 
gosh, I can't remember. The name escapes me. I've been there several times before Grand Prix and such, but I forget the name of the. Right. Yeah, but it's right, uh, it's right there. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, shenanigans? Uh, no, no, I don't that, 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 shenanigans, that, but, that, but uh, yeah. That, that's. Yeah, I, I, and when somebody says yeah. the name, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I'll be right. like, oh man, because it's it's a popular spot downtown, but uh, especially for before the Grand Prix and such. But yeah, Sergeant right. Pepper, uh, dueling pianos, that was that was a, that was a fun thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, it was it was cool. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, all Dubliner, Dubliner is the yeah. name. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. yes. there you go. Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool yeah um but yeah it, I, those are i think you know uh off the top of my head uh you know the best paces ever um i know that you know rock bottom brewery is no longer there but um there's a uh mexican cuisine uh, i think it's more of a upper scale from what it looks like uh, almost like an el Cerrito, but fancier uh you know um definitely on the list of places to go and i also have a ruth chris and the world trade center now so Christmas Eve, yeah, uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So, uh, fun fact: I worked for a firm that uh, uh, advised Ruth Chris uh, in going public and taking him private. Uh, Eric Endler uh, ran that transaction uh, and was a mall boss. So, um, you know, thank you, Eric, for <laughs> keeping them around. Awesome. Venice, we could probably talk for, for hours. I think I'm going to have Absolutely. to have you back on if you if you don't mind. I'd love to. I'd love to. It'd be great. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Is there any last words you want to leave our audience with? Uh, I'd say, you know, let's uh, kind of get together. I welcome anybody to, you know, reach out and, and you know, let's see how we can, you know, make our city better. Um, you know, I'm not running for any political office or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm Rather, I think there's more power in, in the people. You know, I think if we got together and, and uh, you know, held people accountable and, and held our leaders accountable and, and saying, look, you know, we need better things for our kids. You know, let's do it. I couldn't agree more. It's been a long beach thing. Thank you for tuning into It's a Long Beach Thing. Please tune in next time for another great episode. Thank you and have a good rest of your day.